0: Well, oh, good, good evening again, everyone, and another re- greeting and welcome to people who are here for the first time. My name is uh, Soan Jim Hare, and I'm a practice leader here at Valley Stream Zen Sangha. And uh, tonight I, I want to uh, talk about, um, well, I'm going to start by talking about uh, a talk I, I recently heard by Suzuki Roshi, Um long long past, um, and, and I'm also going to talk about um, because he brings it up, I'm, I'm going to talk about the precepts. Uh, we have a ceremony uh, happening uh, this Sunday where some members of the uh, this assembly, this Sangha, are going to formally uh, receive um, what are called the Bodhisattva precepts. Um, they are going to uh, um, make uh, vows to follow this this path, this path of this particular path of Zen practice, and what we call the Buddha's way. Um, so it was with quite a bit of excitement this week that um, I received a um, an email from the San Francisco Zen Center, and I knew they had a a, a, a a project uh, underway to uh, look at these old, old tapes of uh, Suzuki Roshi, uh, Suzuki Roshi's talks going back into the 1960s, and uh, to try to retrieve some of the audio uh, that from them that had been previously inaccessible. And uh, so, with some great, you know, technological wizardry. Uh, such as av- is available these days, uh, they were uh, successful in uh, taking these talks and un- being able to actually clean up the audio and transfer it to digital. And what was, what was uh, offered this week was, as far as anybody knows, the very first um, uh, recorded talk that Suzuki Roshi gave, Who was the founder of the San Francisco Zen Center, and uh, he came from Japan in 1959 and first served a Japanese congregation in San Francisco, and then gradually, uh, you know, Native (laughs) Americans—not Native Americans as we think about it—but anyway, people, um, you know, started coming uh, who weren't uh, ethnic Japanese, and and meeting with him. Uh, so he gave a series of talks. He he, he started talking to these people, and he, he got invited to uh, give a series of talks at a at a small zendo in a converted garage, where you know many good things start, um, and uh, in a converted garage in, in Los Altos. Uh, and uh, so, uh, and and those those talks that were given uh, at that. Zendo do are, are the basis for the book called Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, and for if you're new to this tradition, check out that book because it's for us a very seminal book. Um, so um, this is apparently, and when you I'm going to read a little portion of this talk, and I think you'll 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 hear, oh yeah, if you know if you know the book, which many people here do. You'll say, "Oh, yeah, I see how they got that from <laughs> from this talk." So um, I listened to the talk, and uh, and and it was quite synchronous because what um, Suzuki Roshi is bringing up in this very first recorded talk that has been unearthed is the relationship between this meditation practice that we just did and the precepts and on the 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 ethical teachings of buddhism so he's he's talking about how are these two related how do they how do they correspond with each other Uh, so i want to read you this this excerpt and i've kept i've kept uh, zuki roshi's syntax so there in some cases you know there's not verb agreement and so forth so Just bear with that. He says, In beginner's mind, we have many possibilities, but in the expert mind, there is not much possibility. So, in our practice, it is important to resume our original mind or inmost mind even when we ourselves do not know what it is. This is the most important thing for us. The founder of our school emphasized this point. We have to remain always beginner's mind. This is the secret of Zen and the secret of various practices, practice of flower arrangement, practice of Japanese singing and various art, If we keep our beginner's mind, we keep our precepts. When we lose our beginner's mind, we lose all the precepts. And for Zen students, the most important thing is not to be dualistic. We should not lose our self-satisfied state of mind. We should not be too demanding, or we should not be too greedy Our mind should always be rich and self-satisfied. When our mind becomes demanding, when we become longing for something, we will violate our precepts not to kill, not to be immoral, not to steal, not to tell lie, and so on. Those are based on our greedy mind, when our mind is self-satisfied, we keep our precepts. When we ourselves are always self-satisfied, we have our original mind. And we can practice good and always, and are always true to ourselves. So the most difficult thing is to keep our beginner's mind in our practice. So if you can keep your beginner's mind forever, you are Buddha. In this point, our practice should be constant. We should practice our way with beginner's mind always. There is no need to have deep understanding about Zen. Even though you read Zen literature, you have to keep this beginner's mind. You have to read it with fresh mind. We shouldn't say, I know what Zen is, or I have attained enlightenment. We should always be big enough. This is very important. We should be very, very careful about this point. So uh, he says, our mind should always be rich, and self-satisfied, and that um, when our mind is rich and self-satisfied, this is the basis for keeping the precepts. So we have uh, some terms that he, sa- he says, a mind that is rich and self-satisfied. So um, we have various ways of... Uh, saying that. Uh, Sometimes we say um, that what we're doing in Zen meditation is um, self-fulfilling samadhi, a self-fulfilling meditation. Uh, Sometimes we say what we're doing in this meditation is settling the self on the self settling the self on the self. So, uh, and, this, and, this, and he also uses the word, uh, uh, well, he uses the word inmost mind. And another way we say, we talk about this, we also say, we also sometimes say, uh, instead of self-satisfying mind, or self-satisfied mind, we say self-receiving Meditation, self-receiving mind. I like, I like self-receiving uh, mind or self-receiving meditation um, because you know, the self, what we call the self, you know, is always momentary appearances of various you know, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, right? All kinds of stuff is always coming up in us. And um, uh, and and this mind, this, this self-satisfied mind, is a mind that uh, can receive everything that is coming our way. Everything that's coming our way. Um, uh, and and, uh, and 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 you know, stay rich. <laughs> Stay uh, even. Uh, stay steady. Just receiving all the myriad, the myriad phenomena, the myriad thoughts, the myriad feelings, the myriad streams of consciousness that are that are coming to us. And and if we can be in this posture, this upright posture of, uh, and just receive all this stuff which unfortunately is not all pleasant you know we get we get hung up and this is where we we have problems this is where we this is where when unpleasant phenomena thoughts feelings experience comes our way you know then we then we have some we have some issues so for this reason through a lot for many hundreds of thousands, a long time, a long, a long period of time. Um, some spiritual guides, like Suzuki Roshi and the Buddha, have been recommending um, that you you may need to practice some discipline. You may need to train yourself uh, in this. Uh, attitude or this posture of receiving myriad experience um, and so uh, you know we 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 have this kind of setup here for some training, and that 's what this place is for some kind of training in uh, receiving myriad thoughts, feelings and experience with a certain amount of equanimity. There are, in fact, there are people in this world, uh, and I I know one of them, there are people in this world who um, seem to have a, a great native capacity uh, to receive all kinds of experience and not get upset about it and, and i I know somebody like this and and I only know one person like this, uh, but I know this person who um, no matter what is happening uh, is invariably happy and invariably uh, Just very rarely known this person to be uh, upset or you know um, down. You know, Uh, it's always everything seems to always be okay, and um, and she's very um, at peace with everything. And, you know, this is, of course, you know, something that we could, you know, we certainly, we we like hanging around a person like that, you know, because they can't, I mean, it, it, there are, sometimes they're a little hard to believe, I mean, for me, because I do get upset about myriad phenomena, um, so it's a little hard to, you know, believe sometimes that uh, there is that 's really true that that 's really the way she is, but over i 've known this person for decades, and it hasn't it hasn't you know she hasn 't changed you know so she 's like that you know she can really receive everything that 's coming but I will say that this person is not my uh role model you know i don 't really want to be like her. I don't I don't aspire to be the way she is and the reason is she doesn't work at it she doesn't take on the discipline of this self receiving this self satisfying mind and and I'm more my more my role model is the person who uh, or people uh, who Who decide uh, you know what um, i 've got some problems here, and I think I do need to take on some sort of discipline to um, <clears throat> uh, to train uh, myself, my consciousness in this um, practice or this uh, attitude or this he calls it actually I think like a state. Um, Uh, the state of mind of receptivity, of receptivity and non-reactivity to um, myriad experience. And so, you know, that's really what my, I, those are the people that I kind of end up hanging out with. And I'm lucky because there's a lot of those people. (laughs) And there's not so many of the people that are just okay all the time. (laughs) But the Zuihirushi says, you know, um, having this kind of mind is, you know, the way to keep the precepts. Uh, And, you know, when we're, we're having, we're having this weekend, we're having a ceremony. And some people like I say, are are coming here, and they're going to formally uh, receive uh, sixteen precepts. And these precepts are like like what we're going to be doing, we're, we're going to be doing this weekend is so we're going to be handing um, these these three individuals. We're going to be handing these, these three individuals 16 mirrors because each of those precepts is a mirror uh, to look at your life. And um, you can't, you know, one of the things about a mirror is that it, it doesn't work in the dark. If you turn out, you know, if it makes very, very dark in the room, a mirror doesn't do you any good. So you can have 16 precepts, but Suzuki Roshi says, you can have 16 precepts, but he says, along with that, you need some light. If you you want the precepts to work, you need some light. And the light comes from this practice, this practice, the self-receiving and employing samadhi practice. Then, then you have some light, and you can, with, with, with the light, and the precepts, you have something that is um, dynamically working in your life, and then, you know, you can have some. Uh, then, you, you can. Uh, look at your, you know, behavior, and other people can look at your behavior and comment on your behavior, and uh, you have a reference point. You have some reference points for those comments and for self-reflection. You have a, a reference point called not killing You have a reference point called not stealing. You have a reference point called not speaking falsehoods, not misusing sexuality, not abusing intoxicants, and so on, not slandering, not slandering others, not praising yourself all the time and thereby diminishing others, not being Avaricious, he mentions that, you know. So you have all these reference points, all these mirrors to look into, and you have this source of light, which is your practice, to be able to see uh, what you're up to. And uh, you're going, you know. It's not, it's not always going to be a perfect, re- you know, you know. You're not going to always look just so in the mirror, you know. <laughs> you're going to make some mistakes and then you're going to have you're going and you're going to correct those stakes, mistakes and uh and keep you know keep going on so um a little bit about this ceremony that we're going to do this weekend um one of the first things we do in the ceremony and uh, and, and uh, the whole the whole assembly is going to join us in, in in this part of the ceremony is we 're going to invoke uh, the presence of a list of um, uh, buddha ancestors uh, and some of whom um, we might say um, uh, walked in this earth, and some of whom um, are walking through a, through a great uh, field of imagination, a great field of imagination of, um, of beings who have uh, completely. Um, Understood. This practice of self-receiving mind or self-satisfied mind. So we're going to recite this list, and we're going to invoke their presence, and we're going to, in essentially, ask their their blessing, and and we're asking them also to bring some light into this situation. So we'll. We're, we're, we invoke their spirit of these great bodhisattvas and Buddhas, who, are, who 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 like come and sort of bless and protect, and look over and lend support to uh, all of us, but particularly those who are taking the precepts. So that's that's one of, that's the first thing really that we do in the ceremony. Well, there's some other things, but anyway, that's one of the first a uh, thing we all get to do together. And um, th- one of the other things we get to do early on in the ceremony, we don't all get to do this, uh, but the, uh, the the people who are taking the precepts this time get to do this, and they, they get to um, say a verse of confession and repentance. And it goes like this. Um, all my ancient... Twisted karma, from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. That's the verse they will say. And this is this is this is a verse like zuki Roshi talking about. You know, if we aren't careful. Um, we, ha- we, we have a we can ha- we have a demanding mind you know we we can our mind can be demanding our mind can be greedy and when our mind is that way uh, then we you know we create karma and we create karma that lingers i mean we're always creating karma but but we're 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 creating a, a kind of some difficult karma for ourselves when when uh, the mind or our attitude is demanding and greedy, so we have a a chant and we say, "I know this. I know. I know. I have. I have. I know my mind has been like this in my life. I know my mind has been demanding. I know. I acknowledge that I have hurt others." I acknowledge that I have hurt myself in my life i know I acknowledge that i 've become estranged from people that I once was close to i i know i I acknowledge you know i 've got some stuff i 've got some stuff to work on and um, it wouldn 't be um, you know, it wouldn't be good if we just stopped there, of course. You know, so we. But we. But it's important to 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 stop there, to stop at this this verse of what we summarize as conf- confession and repentance, to take that time and say, Yeah, uh, I've got some stuff I'm bringing to this. Um, and, and and uh I've got a past and uh I vow you know I, I'm here because I, I want to do I want to do better in my life. I want to not, you know, create suffering. In fact I want to be uh, a source of light for others. I want to help. Uh that's part of of this ceremony. And that's that's kind of a big Reason why people decide to do this because they, they have some, you know, they, they want to, um, uh, you know, avoid causing suffering, they want to do good, and they want to help other people. And we take, we take vows for just those three things in this ceremony. I don't want to create a mess. I wanna do good, only good, and I wanna help others. But first, you know, we have to, well, anyway, we don't have to do anything, but people have decided to do this, this weekend, so they're going to. (laughs) They're going to uh, have this, they're gonna start with this uh, this confession and repentance. But then what they're going to do, the next thing they're going to do is they're going to take uh, three refuges. Uh, and these, these refuges are, um, and of course, Buddha, and Dharma, and Sangha. So the teaching, of, first the teacher, the teacher of awakening, the teaching of awakening, and the community of those who want to come together to practice the awakened way. So this is this is again this is another this is a kind of another invocation that will happen in the ceremony, invoking. Um, you know, I mean, you're really invoking like the 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 whole history of. Of tens of thousands of people, and and you know, in in countries in various parts of the world, and starting in Asia and, and spreading out now over the you know the entire world, of people practicing this way. So you're really invoking that when you take refuge, and and um, you're 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 doing two things. It seems to me you are, you're your 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 expressing your wish to come under the protection of the triple treasure, the Buddha Dharma and Sangha, and so you're taking refuge in that, coming under protection, and you're also uh, you know you're also vowing to be a refuge for others to be part of the whole refuge the whole sheltering apparatus of the buddha way so you know you're taking something you're taking refuge and you're vowing to be a part of giving refuge um and I, I want to say that um the we have three people taking uh the precepts and they've they've already begun taking refuge and they began um this process of taking refuge uh by sewing uh, this uh a garment that looks like this. It's called a rakasu in our tradition, and it's um it 's a miniature version of uh, buddha 's robe, the robe that you see priests wear that go over there. I have one actually, but I wore this tonight in solidarity with our our uh, ordinees who are coming, and so when they were sewing uh, when, when they were sewing uh, this this garment they had um, they were taking refuge with every stitch, if they remembered to do that, which sometimes they don't. But um, Because there's a verse that you recite uh, as you're sewing. There's little stitches. I don't know if you can see, but anyway, there's a whole lot of little stitches. Putting This comes in pieces, and you sew them together. Uh, and... Um, there's a whole lot of little stitches, and when you uh, with each stitch you, you chant a verse and it, it's, namu Kie butsu, Namu kie ho, Namu Kie so and so you put the needle in Namu and you pull it through, kie, and pull a little, you know, well you have to push it into another place and then you have to grab it and pull it out. And then that's, so it's namu kiebutsu, yeah, namu kiebutsu, namu kieho, and it means, it means, I take refuge, or it means, it means homage, actually, namu means more like homage, homage uh, to um, Buddha, Uh, homage to... Dharma, homage to Sangha. Homage, and and then also there's a sense of, uh, I think, uh, kie has uh, it's it's, it's uh, it has a sense of also uh, taking refuge in, and also a sense of relying on. So uh, I think the A is more like a uh, key is more like refuge in, and and also, and then A is like, rely on. So taking refuge in and relying on Buddha, taking refuge in and relying on Dharma, and so on. So they've begun. They already have been, they've, they've already taken refuge hundreds of times, uh, and they will do their final vows of refuge on Sunday. Uh, and oh, I wanted to say, this refuge is not uh, a refuge in something external, but this is this is a, a refuge in you know our own life, and in our own capacity for awakening, our own desire to be a refuge. Our, it's our own life. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not, it's, it is, you know, we can imagine that we are really, you know, becoming one with Buddha, but the way we imagine that is, is, is not that there's an external Buddha that we're going out to, but there's, you know, we're just, we're just becoming Buddha. We're just bringing Buddha in. That's more the sense, that's more the sense of this. And I wanted to also say that to receive the precepts is an, so is an act of faith and it's an act of relying on, or reliance. And I will mention that uh, I practiced at uh, the San Francisco Zen Center living in the, in the community for almost four years, and I did not sew such a robe. I practiced that whole time without, without uh, taking the precepts. It was only when I left the community, and I and I knew that my life, like when I went to the community. It was just open ended i hadn't i had no idea i didn't say i'm going to stay there three years or two years or one year i didn't i just went you know and it was completely open ended but when it when it came to causes and conditions came that it was time to leave i kind of i knew that it was it would be hard to go back in that same way you know where it was just open ended i was just going to be there i was just going to be in the community there was no thought of any future other than being in the community and i and i knew that probably i would not once when i left i probably i knew i probably will never go back in that particular way and but i wanted something i wanted something to you know to to tie me to to remind me of 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 that time and that time in which I felt the most true, the most certain and, uh, uh, that, that I was uh, doing exactly what I wanted to do, I was doing, I was being exactly where I wanted to be, and I had no thoughts of the future. I had no thoughts of, of thinking about what would be better than this, and I wanted to remember that. You know, I wanted to keep that somehow close to me, so I thought, well, I need to, I need to sew this to remember, and uh, and and so that so that I I'll remember also to go back for some time. You know, which I have done over the years. I have gone back. You know, gone back, gone back, many times. But uh, you know, so so it is this 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 rakasu You know, is something to. Uh, have to remind you of what your deepest intention is what your what you what what's the most true to your heart and i think people that decide to you know so on that there's some feeling like that so we have a we have a chant um oh boy i really well i i Talk so long now, Um, so uh, now I'll I'll just keep talking, (laughs) just for a little bit longer. I'm on the last page of my notes, but this is a chant called the uh, "We Do Anyway." It doesn't matter what it's called, Uh, and um, it, it says it goes like this: quietly explore the farthest reaches of these causes and conditions as this practice is the exact transmission of a verified Buddha. Confessing and repenting in this way, one never fails to receive profound help from all Buddhas and ancestors. By revealing and disclosing our lack of faith and practice before the Buddha, we melt away the root of transgressions by the power of our confession and repentance. This is the pure and simple color of true practice of the true mind of faith, of the true body of faith. And so what I wanted to really say here is that um, uh, this practice itself uh, that we, I started talking about and Suzuki Roshi reminded me of, this practice of self-satisfied mind or self fulfilling samadhi is itself itself the quiet exploration of these causes and conditions. It is the exact transmission of a verified Buddha. You don't need to have one of these to do that practice. It's not required. You can do this practice independent of such a symbol. But some people would like to have some reminder, and they would like to go through this ceremony, and they would like everyone to know that they're on this path. They would like to publicly say, Look, you can you can hold me to my vows, you know, I'm telling you, I'm taking these vows in front of you, so you can you can hold me to them. And so um for those people, we let them make one of these and we hold the ceremony to honor, you know, that they want to do that. But you but again, you know, we don't make a distinction here between the people that wear well, one of these and the people that don't. We're all on the same path, the same Dharma, the same realization. So that's probably, that's certainly enough now. It's quarter to nine. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I know it's kind of late. Maybe that's enough. Uh, but if you would like to say anything and a few questions, I guess we could go on for a little bit. Or not.